the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks or salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I'm Mike Stevens, and sitting across from me is not the future first female GM in NHL history. It is uh, Steve Dangle. Steve, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm just trying to imagine what the world would be like if someone allowed me to be a GM for like 24 hours. <laughs> I, I don't like your face. You're traded. I feel like real actual GMs do that. I, I, you know, I think they do. I mean, the Leafs let go of a coach rather recently for, yeah. I think, the same reason. Well, I don't like his laugh, so uh, he scratched Nick Shore. <laughs> You're in. <laughs> I do that in video games, man. I, I realize, like, I've I've been very upfront about how, like, I'm in the 2029 season in MLB 20, the show. I'm oh, the my GM God. Of, I know. That's, that's what lockdown's been like, man. It's been crazy. And uh, I'm the GM of the Detroit Tigers, and there are players I have, like, who are really high rated, but I just... I don't like their. I don't like how they look, or I don't like the way they swing, and so I'm just like, ah, I'm gonna play this guy I like better, even though he's like an 82 and you're like a 90. I mean, I think that's that's perfectly fine. I yeah. I was the same. You know who my version of that was a couple years ago in NHL. I had Charlie Coyle on my yeah. hot team, and I need a right hand shot center because I'm a righty, and and whatever I play be a pro, I'm a righty, so I feel like I'm better with righties. Mm-hmm. This guy couldn't hit. The broad side of a barn, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. All his stats were jacked. Everything was fine, and I got rid of him for, like, pennies on the dollar because I was like, you know what? Charlie Coyle sucks. And then he became a Bruin and tortured my team, and I was very sad about it. Yeah. Well, that's the way the world works, you know? That's that's just the way the, uh, it's the, way the news goes. Um, all right. Let's hop into headlines here because there's a big one. It's This is pretty much the—I would say this is the biggest NHL-centric headline that we've had in, I don't know, since 2013. It was 2013 when the when the Rogers deal was announced, right? Uh, uh, when was it? I think so. Yes, it must have been. I was in grade 11. I remember when this happened. I was oh in grade God. 11 on a treadmill at the good at Good Life um, at Young and Eglinton when I was listening to you, Adam, and producer Chris talking about it on the SDP. And I was probably sad about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you weren't with Sportsnet at the time. But it, it would be another what two years, and then. But I remember you being like, "Oh, there's going to be Leafs games on." You know, city TV, it's going to be crazy. And it's funny how just the world works. But the NHL and ESPN, they come to terms on a seven year, two point eight billion dollar. It's with a B deal. Um, just to run down a couple quick specs of the of the thing first, uh, 25 regular season games each year will be on ESPN or ABC, including four Stanley Cup finals out of those uh, seven years. And ESPN will pay the NHL roughly four hundred and twenty to four hundred eighty million dollars per year. Now, for context, NBC currently pays two hundred million to do a bad job. So hopefully they will do. <laughs> hopefully they will do better on this, and that's almost double. That's fantastic, or not almost more than double. Sorry, it's fantastic. Apparently, though, and this is the thing that bummed me out the most: the cap will stay flat for the next four years or so due to a buildup in escrow. Which means, did you not hear about that? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. That's what that's what is being speculated. Now, I, I, oh. I don't want to say, you know, confirmed, but people, pe- you know, people who seem to be smarter than I am are saying that, which is a huge bummer, because what I really wanted to see was the parallel in the NHL of the 2016 NBA free agency period, 
which was when the NBA salary cap went up by like $80 million that one year after they signed their, their TV deal. And Timothy Mozgov got $64 million from the Lakers. And I, I you know this. Ryan Anderson got 90. It'd be crazy. I would love to see G- NHL GMs, the stupidest of the GMs do that but it's a bummer what but what do you think of all this man like this is this is huge this is a step in in my opinion the absolutely the first step in the right direction here i think generally speaking it's it's good you know i saw some people with reservations about like geo blocking and and stuff like that i i think that'll eventually become a thing of the past yeah it's gonna go away right i i think so we're in far too global of a world Mm -hmm. um it just doesn't make any sense to me. I understand its purpose, but um, I mean, business models change all the time. And it's one that people obviously don't have an appetite for. Yeah. Right. So I think that'll eventually go away. Um, I was excited for it to increase the cap. I guess it's not. <laughs> well, look, it's not confirmed. I, I like I might just be talking on my ass here. It's not, not confirmed. But what I've heard is there's a buildup in escrow due to COVID that's going to kind of keep it flat but you know fingers crossed we don't know money money isn't real man game stock just you know w- the whole game stock thing just happened like it, it, this could change on a dime we don't know it's fake i've i've spent about 200 bucks on top shot nba top shot mm-hmm. and now that's like more than 200 bucks like it, it makes no sense it's a form of stock that i understand but i still don't understand it money's fake yeah um no it's good it's uh selfishly uh and for a guy like you mikey Yes. Uh, you know, it creates more hockey media jobs. Oh, fantastic. I think anyone should be jacked about. And, you know, if ESPN follows um, in the footsteps of Rogers, you know, mm-hmm. what, what did we see with Rogers in the first year of that deal? George Strombolopoulos. Well, well yes. George yeah. Strombolopoulos, a new hire. One of many, mm-hmm. many, many. Now, including, well, two years later, you. Uh, yes. No, I was first year. I was first year. Your first year. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was behind the scenes though. I was behind the scenes. Um, For the better, I would say. For the better. Oh, a hundred percent. And then there was a guy, uh, who was my boss at CBC, went to Rogers and was like, wait a sec, he works for us. Well, I mean, that's, (laughs) is he doing videos? No. Well, that's stupid. Let's make him do videos. I mean, what the what? I know Adams talked about this on the SDP all the time, but like the decision to bring the guy in who has the, you know, the popular YouTube account where he makes videos and builds them by himself and put him behind the camera, you know, out of view. I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah. Well, you know, man, it was 2014. Like, it's it's a it's a very different world uh, in 2021 than it was in 2014. Uh, for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. um, but I, no, for someone like you, I'd I'd be very excited because uh, it's just more jobs in in hockey media, man. Who knows? Maybe, I mean, if if you want people to cover hockey, the most experienced people, forgive me, everyone who's going to be offended by this, are Canadian. It's true. It's true. They are. They're, like they're probably going to have to do some. I would imagine there's going to be some poaching going on. Uh, you know, I wonder, I wonder what, if some executives are going, uh Oh, ESPN. Like, I mean, we can compete with NBC, but I don't know about ESPN. Um, I don't know, man. There are a lot, there's a lot of Canadian talent, you know, that whose contracts are coming up soon. I know like, that. Like who, who are you talking about? I'm not, I'm not allowed to say, are you kidding me? Like, I, I don't oh. know, but I, I, all I know is like, you know, talking, like, you know, we talk to people in the business and, and you know, like some people you mentioned, I'm just like. Once this was signed, I'm coming to my mind like there's some prominent like reporters and journalists who's like, you know, contracts with their current 
you know, places of employment coming up soon. I'm thinking, oh, okay, interesting. This could this could work out very well timing wise. It's very good. Do you do you get excited? Are are you excited about this? Absolutely. This is fantastic. I like I'm mainly excited. I love first like I'm I've been actually, you know, I've been talking for years like this has been my my hallmark take that hockey desperately to grow the sport needs a Stephen A. Smith Mm. like because you look at go on any viral tweet, like literally anything, you know, you know how you see those tweets pop up on your timeline where it's like, you know, literally anything like, uh, uh, you know, the existence of. Short ribs means implies the existence of long ribs and it gets like fucking 500,000 likes or whatever. Right. You know, like that's that's just an example. The within the first two comments under it, it's a Stephen A. Smith gif or picture. Right. And huge. And I'm think this guy, he does multi platform. He I don't agree. I barely agree with anything he says. And it doesn't you know what? It doesn't matter the actual content of what he says. The guy is compelling like i just for some reason in canada they're trying to push the the cable packages so heavy that when i moved into my new place i was setting up internet and it was cheaper like markedly cheaper to get cable and internet than just internet so now i have like cable for some reason the most basic package but cable for some reason but i'm lucky that one of them is a is a tsn feed of espn which means i can watch first take every once in a while or not every once in a while every morning oh wow and, and <laughs> not every once in a while <laughs> every morning yeah, b- b- big difference there mikey exactly yeah. but most i'm not ashamed of it come on but no. most things that both Stephen a and max say but mainly Stephen a like i don't agree with it but it's Goddamn compelling. And so this you need a guy who can just essentially be across. Dude, the dude does guest spots on friggin days of our lives or General Hospital. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, I love there's it. there's so many clips out there of Stephen A talking about stuff that's not sports. Like there's one where he literally is talking about how he's a booty leg and hip man. And if you even approach him without a booty, like without a booty, it's disrespectful. Like it's it's incredible. <laughs> and so I'm thinking hockey needs that. And now. Like, I don't think they're really going to, and this is mainly stepping on plot points here, which we have coming up in a little bit, but like, I don't know if Stephen A knows anything about hockey. My dream job is to teach Stephen A about hockey, personally. Like, if ESPN's looking for hiring, DMs are open, let's go. But this is fantastic. Like, this now, you're not going to get anywhere in the States if you're not on ESPN. You just aren't. Like... Fox Sports, I remember Jay and Dan talking about this when Fox Sports 1 um, was launched, is that they, like, when they were trying to compete with with ESPN, which ultimately you know has not worked yet, um, they the the execs gave them business cards that listed out all the channels, like the channels that they were on on different cable providers, and they and they told them to go to bars and ask them to turn on Fox Sports One, and obviously the bartender's like, what the fuck is that? And you would hand them <laughs> and you would hand them a business card that said like Fox Sports, you know, channel six ninety six on Directv and this whatever ESPN. Like you don't need to find the channel on uh, in the states; it's there. And so getting hockey in front of those eyes, fantastic in my opinion. A big game changer. So I have Rogers Ignite, and I don't need to remember a number ever again. True, I literally true. take my remote, press a button, and I go Sportsnet. And it turns on Sportsnet. What number is Sportsnet? Doesn't matter. I asked for Sportsnet. I could I could even go more meta than that and go Leafs game, and it puts on the Leafs game. Really? Yeah. So I could go Fox Sports, and it'll actually come up instead of me having to remember that telephone number that you just told me. Exactly. Seriously. I. It is twenty twenty one. You told me to remember three numbers in a row. Absolutely no. not. Get Absolutely out of not. Here. No, like phone numbers. You're lucky don't I exist. remember the year. Exactly. What I. 
I barely even know what the day it is today. The only reason I know what day it is today is because I knew, okay, Steve's coming on on Thursday. That's it. So I legitimately panicked before I came on with you because I thought it was Monday and I had to record um, my blue and white therapy with Faisal that I recorded three days ago. Remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, because it's a pandemic. And it's Love a, lockdown. It's, it's a panini. It's, it's a panini and it's been a panini for a year now. Exactly. Today is Rudy Gobert and Tom Hanks Day. Oh my God. The time is a flat circle. Like Matthew McConaughey voice from True Detective. Time is a flat circle. Like it just, we, nothing matters, that man. Good. Like it's, it's crazy. Thank you. Um, what are you most excited for about this? Like I, cause I'm most excited to see hockey topics get put on first take. Like I'm like the day that Stephen A. Smith advocates for trading William Nylander. I'm going to s- be extremely excited <laughs> and you better believe this dude's going to be a trade Nylander guy. I'm excited to see Max Kellerman go, you know, one, sh- one penalty shot, fate of the universe at stake. You know, Martians have the death beam pointed at earth. I want Jimmy VC, you know, something like that. <laughs> um, I'm most excited for uh, people like you. Uh, hmm. I, I am very happy with where I'm at. Um, ultimately, it's ESPN, and I just don't think it's going to affect me. Um, hmm. uh, they're the American rights holder. I work for the Canadian rights holder. But I am excited for people, you know, just trying to advance in the business um, and you know, I, I, when I was in the middle of school, it was 2008 and 2009 and Ooh. it was an enormous economic depression and recession and there were no freaking jobs and I was not stoked to graduate because there weren't. Mm-hmm. And then I think of someone like you who has seen nothing but bad news pain. essentially for, yeah, pain for yes. a very long time now. And then you see this. Um, and it's reason for hope. Yeah. Right. Hey, look at that. It's fantastic. I, I just think this is so good for the health of the sport. Like we need, like it needs to become a, a one of the, it needs to be at the top of the ticker on all these, on, on all these sports sites. You know, when you go to ESPN, you shouldn't have to go to a drop down menu to then find NHL like fifth down the list. It should be, you know, in there. Is that is that an accurate representation of where hockey is in the States or is it ESPN punishing the NHL. Oh, it for I, sure is that. It for was that. sure. Yeah. So hockey is already further ahead than we think it is. Yeah, but you're still not going to grow. Like ESPN, it is the worldwide leader in sports. Like their their slogan is legit. Just like, you know, Harvey's makes your hamburger a beautiful thing. They do. ESPN is the worldwide leader in sports. And so for any casual fan who even if you go to ESPN, you know, on your lunch break and you're looking like I remember I've been in office jobs where I've been like, you know, bored at lunch and I've already gone through all the, the front page articles and I'm just bored and I go to the ticker and I'm like, oh, you know, let's see what's going on. Like, is there any crazy stuff happening in the UFC today? Oh, well, it's right at the top of the ticker here. I'm not a huge UFC fan, but I'll read about it. Like the average American, like, you know, American person who goes to ESPN on their lunch break or whatever, they won't like they can at least stumble upon hockey now. And I think that's really important because it wasn't a I don't know. It just didn't seem like it was it was accessible to be stumbled upon it seemed like it very niche you know a lot of people compared it in la specifically and i relate this back to jay and dan too because this is what they were talking about when they moved there was that hot like the kings in la were like the like the toronto rock in toronto where oh you have God. where you have like twenty thousand really dedicated fans and they all go to the game and that's it and i think now at least fans can stumble upon hockey you know, there will there will be a hockey headline, maybe on the front page if something crazy happens, and they will at least it will at least pique their interest, get it on their radar. Something will happen, and hey, you might have a million Tony Tony X's out of this. 
Because he was literally like, they've been hiding hockey from me. And it's on friggin' ES or NBC. Because hockey highlights are great. Exactly. Like, the highlights are, are going to be a big deal. And you know what? You know why UFC is so big? Like, I was saying this over blood, a decade ago. The bloodthirsty instincts of man? Yes. Like, it was... Yeah. It, I was looking at sports, and there I was like, okay, the only place left to go mm-hmm. is literally just Mortal Kombat, which yeah. is essentially what the UFC is. And I, this is going to blow up. And, they, like, this is... I want to say this is, like, pre-people really knowing who George St. Pierre was, Mm -hmm. that I was saying this. Yeah. You know? Um, So, and I'll say this. The top videos on the Sportsnet YouTube channel, and, like, it's not our intention that it ends up this way, Mm -hmm. but they're all fights. (laughs) They're all fights and heinous injuries and stuff like that. And we put so much effort into, like, fun-loving stuff and creative content, and people are like, actually, blood, please. Um, and hockey, you know, up here, we're like, oh, it's moving away from that. The game is not what it used to be and blah, blah, blah. But there's still a fight like maybe every couple weeks, which Mm -hmm. is way more than it is in the NBA or baseball. The most, well, yeah, in baseball, the, the most, like think about Wayne Simmons fought someone a couple weeks ago and it made TMZ. Yes. How wild is it? There's gotta be someone who works there who, I I don't don't know. I don't know. Like, why would you even have eyes on that game? It's I don't Toronto, know. Toronto, Montreal, and your TMZ. But think about it even too, like hockey media in in the states, like football. Like there've been football movies forever, right? Like you know, there there rec- even like recent ones come out, like Friday Night Lights was a TV show. All that. The most recent hockey movie, really, like mainstream hockey movie to come out in the states was Goon. That's what they think hockey is. Exactly. And I don't know if hockey is going to go back to embracing that, but. Um, I think it just needs to be what it is. Like, it's not a, it's not a bad sport, man. <laughs> it's a really yeah. good sport. And I, I think the exposure is only going to help. Who are you excited to see talk like on ESPN talk about this? Cause I, you know, I love all, a lot of personalities on there. I think it like, obviously Stephen A is going to be interesting, but like, you know, even someone like Mina Kimes getting into, into this and stuff. Like, I think it'd be really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not huge on American personalities. Mm. I would like to see. Um, you know, we were, we were talking about guys whose contracts are up. I could tell you about a free agent. I think, uh, they take a look at Kipper because they're interesting. They're going to want someone who's brash. And like I said, he's got a history with fighting and chucking the knucks and I've shaken his hand. They're very large. Yeah. Um, but also like he's just, and I, and I said this on the podcast, uh, my own podcast. Oh, wow. Real meta here. He's, he's like a locker room leader. Yeah. Like people will like working with him. He's a glue guy. He's a, he is a glue guy. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, apart from familiar faces, I want to see some new ones. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think there need to be, uh, and this is nothing against, you know, older people in the business. They're there. No, we, for we hate old people on this podcast. Reason. Yeah. No, they're there for a reason. Yeah. And that yeah. is a lifetime of hard work and dedication. But the, uh, we do need some younger analysis in there. And there's a reason you know, Mike Johnson is such a unicorn um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he's, I think he's just a shade over 40, maybe. He looks, doesn't look a day over 30. Yeah. Like, that's hot as hell. Like, I, this isn't, this isn't a great fit, but I was at a uh, Leafs Habs alumni game mm-hmm. in Oshawa uh, back when gatherings were legal. Mm-hmm. And you know who was in the game? Who? Louis LeBlanc. 
Damn. In the alumni game, that guy was like taking shots on Cujo. That that dude, my draft year was 2006, the least picked Yuri Toulousti instead of me. But yeah. like Louis LeBlanc went years after that and he's playing in alumni games now. What a name. Jeez. Yeah, get, get someone young, yep. get him in there, entertain me. Uh, and some women wouldn't hurt either. Absolutely. <laughs> and there are a lot of talented ones out there. There's a, there's a, there's a great co-host on this podcast who I would nominate for that if she doesn't get snapped up by an NHL team. All right. What are you talking about? Um, not, not Rachel. That's for sure. Oh, okay. She's dumb. Um, all right. (laughs) I almost spat out my coffee there. You couldn't see that. I almost got Steve to choke. All right. Moving on. Sharks and, and Evander Kane. Now this like hasn't been reported too much because I think we're kind of being wary on the details of this because we don't know and there could be some serious stuff here and you know. It's just it's 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 a privacy matter like with with people. It, it, it's tough to discuss at the same time. It, it's worth noting here is that the shark, the San Jose Sharks and Evander Kane tell creditors that they might basically void his contract, which has twenty nine million dollars remaining on it. Now, Kane, Kane did file for bankruptcy um, this season. I can't remember if it's in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, um, but he, he was listing debts of twenty six point eight million dollars and assets of ten point two million dollars, bro. I another example of like I don't understand money or money isn't real is that I money's don't fake exactly like I his, don't get his solution yeah for owing money is to not make any now and people were tweeting me how that makes sense and I'm like no none of that <laughs> it's fake I did I tried to do research like you know being the good co uh, the big the good host I am of how this makes sense and my eyes immediately glazed over when I was and I'm just like I can't do like I don't get it now there's a great piece in the athletic that kind of details this. And they do mention that, look, Kane is good. Like straight up. He's, he's making $7 million per year. He's basically a perennial 30 goal scorer. Like he was on pace for 30 last year before the shutdown. He's on pace for 30 in an 82 game season this year. And the year before when he signed his contract or no, when he signed his contract in 1819, he scored 32. So look, Great, like he's a he's a good player. He's at the kind of the going rate for what a thirty what a thirty goal scorer winger would be, and he's in the middle of his prime. At the same time, the Sharks aren't anywhere near the top of the league. That rebuild is going to be heinously difficult, considering all the term and old guys that they have on the team. And just straight up voiding his contract, it might be the best thing for the team. But this is like there's no precedent for this. Like this is nuts. And why would the Sharks even sign on to do this in the first place? I got to imagine there's something we don't know because yes. if it makes no sense on the surface, what's underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder if this is just a ploy because the shark said today, Oh no, we're going to honor his contract and yeah. everything. I wonder if it's just a ploy if they've offered the debtors some sort of deal mm-hmm. and they said no. And they're like, okay, well then fine. We're going to make your lives really, really difficult. Okay. That L- makes listen, sense. you're not going to get all that money. You're not going to get all that money. So here's the deal we're offering. Um, this is me theorizing. Yeah. Uh, here's the deal we're offering. Uh, take it or leave it because it's that, or we simply void his contract and make your lives difficult, which makes sense. Like it's for the sharks. Their incentive is they don't want this pain in the ass hanging around their team. And I'm sure they're being implied and you know, that threatened to sue. You can sue anybody for yeah. any reason. Right. And I think it's particularly true in the States. Um, it's your goddamn right as an American. Yeah. And California. Yeah, specifically. Holy cow. Uh, man, it really is. I heard a story. This isn't, this isn't California. This is Florida. Okay. It was, a. it was basically a, like a, like a car accident case and yeah. allegations of insurance fraud and everything. Of course. They were doing jury selection. Uh Oh, 
and there were about uh, 50 people in the pool. Okay. And they said, who in this courtroom right now um, has <laughs> either been uh, the victim of or yep. the accused in uh, some sort of car accident incident? And 45 people raised their <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, that's extremely on brand for Florida. California's like, we don't claim them. How dare you? But um, yeah, man, it's a it's a wild world. Money is fake. Yeah, uh, I I do believe that this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sharks oh, yeah. going, oh, no, no, no. We're going to honor his contract. Adam brought this up before the season even began. On, on our show yeah. as, as a possibility. And he actually understands money. Un, unlike us rubes. No, I know um, Adam's going to be my like financial advisor. If whenever he steps away from radio, like I'm like, he, he's going to make, give me a nest egg. That's going to be fantastic. Adam's wasting his time on me and the radio and what's everything. he doing, man? He just, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, I think media is a very fun hobby for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he just happens to rule at it. Um, but, uh, Anyway, Evander Kane, man, it just uh, I'm waiting for a peaceful moment with yeah. Evander Kane. There, there hasn't been one. I was there looking has in, not been one. like in that athletic piece, it lists all the th- off ice things that has been, you know, that he's been dealt with or, or that he has dealt with. And it's just one thing after another. And it's it, it's been everywhere. It's not even just like a team thing. And this is kind of what I look at, too, is if someone's like, you know, an off ice headache, like. All right, but we have to look at like sort of the 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 context on the team. It could just be a terrible situation, like anything with Buffalo right now. Like you know, I, I'm not going to hold that against any player because I would be you know doing. And we're going to get to Buffalo next, but could be doing anything I, I possibly could to get out of there. But it's been Evander Kane has played on. I'm not going to include the Thrashers, but he's he's played on three teams in in the NHL. He's played on Winnipeg, he's played on Buffalo, and he's played on the Sharks. Every single stop, he has had something go wrong. Every in Winnipeg. He had the tracksuit incident, back on tracksuit. Right, you know, right. Deep cut right there. In Buffalo, he went, um, they were in Toronto. Uh, to, the Sabres were in Toronto to play the, um, the Leafs, obviously, during NBA All-Star Week in 2016. And Kane went out that night to see it and then overslept. With a helicopter. Was it with a helicopter? Yeah, I remember the story. Yep. God damn. Well, he went out, he completely overslept um, the practice and I think also some team meeting or whatever. Dis- was suspended for that. He was suspended twice by the team at that point, and now he's with the Sharks. And this is probably, th- and this is a huge off ice headache they have to deal with. And it's in in a time of COVID, with where like finances are really really tight. He is like this. The Sharks don't need this. They got to figure out how to how to you know make even some semblance of money right now and break even. Now they got to deal with whether or not they're going to avoid twenty nine million dollars left on their wingers contract. This is absurd. So, look, man. I don't like I don't know all the all there is to to know about this. I don't know the I don't know the back end of what's caused this. Maybe there was some ter- you know, maybe there's a tragic reason behind what's going on here. But if you gave me even one year of Evander Kane's deal for the rest of my life, seven million dollars, you would never see me again. Oh, I can make it work. Oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Like if you gave me seven million dollars straight up, you would like I'm not kidding, you would never see me again. I would literally just buy Phil Kessel's one seat movie theater. And stay in there for the rest of my life. I'd be the I'd, king of Oshawa. Yes. Are you not already? <laughs> I mean, come on. You no, buy I'm like the mayor. I'm the mayor. It's okay. Don't you yeah. buy like you know one? Uh, uh, what's what's an like coffee time in Oshawa, and then that basically makes you king. Uh, it's coffee culture. How coffee culture. You? Oh wow. Yeah, okay. It's big big in Durham. 
Yeah, you Toronto folks don't know about coffee culture. That's right. Speaking of incredibly depressing cities, uh, Buffalo. Wow. Yeah, wow. I know. Wow. Shots, shots fired. I'll have you know Oshawa <laughs> is up and coming. You know and We have a school now. Oshawa's really nice. I've only been there a couple times. The couple, I think two out of the three were to see you. But um, Oshawa, I, I, I walked downtown Oshawa. It's nice. They're, the OHL arena there, the facilities are unbelievable. Have you ever been behind the scenes with the Generals? Uh, I have, yes. Uh, They're I insane, mean, right? You know, it's it's very cool when you're shown uh, the Generals facility by Eric Lindros. You know, it's, That's it's really very cool. cool when you get a tour from him. You know? Yeah, wow. All right, cool. All right, I did. Actually, is- here, quick quick story about that building. Um, I was at Mark Savard's um, jersey retirement because he mm-hmm. was a general. And, uh, you know, they, they walk out his whole family and his mom is walking on the red carpet. And the carpet gives out from underneath her and she completely falls ass over tea kettle. Holy shit. And the whole crowd, ooh. And then she gets up, hey. And she walks and goes to her seat. And Mark Savard comes down. And he very carefully walks, and then he just steps up to the podium, and he begins his speech with, I see you've all met my mom. <laughs> I, th- I, I love Incredible. that story very much. Incredible. Um, it's a good thing, though, that we're not doing video for this, because Steve is just swinging his dick around right now, if you can't tell. Um, Am I? You know, yeah. You're, oh, you know, it's really great when Eric Lindros gives you a tour. Oh. Whatever. Anyway, speaking of like, it's a, it's a Timothy's mug, man. Like... I don't no. know. I thought you were talking about my coffee. No. I was like, what the f- what? Actual what? size. All right. Jack Eichel could be out long term. It's got an upper. You know what? I don't trust anything that Ralph Kruger says about Sabres injuries, specifically about Jack Eichel's injuries, considering mm-hmm. that he has been wrong consistently this season about them. But Eichel could be out. He, he, he said it could be out at least a week with an upper body injury. Other people are saying could be out longer term. This has just been an absolutely catastrophic year for the, for the Sabres. I know we've talked about it a lot, but now I have you on, and I would love to just kind of dive into this a little bit, because Eichel showed up to camp injured this year that I don't think was really reported. Um, Friedman, uh, Elliot Friedman said on his 31 Thoughts that Eichel showed up to camp injured this year. He was playing through a lower body injury that he sustained on February 23rd, that there was a bunch of just, you know, like there was that, that whole miscommunication between Ralph Kruger and Eichel about when he actually got injured, and it, just crazy. And this throws a huge wrench into pretty much anything they want to do because a, they already suck. And now they've lost their best player who was already sucking this year. And also they are really, they're open for business. Like pretty much every league source has said, look, the Sabres are willing to trade basically everyone. And that really kind of includes Eichel who now could be injured, which could dampen their ability to get a return from him, which I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen in the season, but Jesus Christ, man, like what is happening here? So I have a theory that ties in a couple things we've already talked about. Okay, so let's go. He's he's with Buffalo, and yep. we already talked about Evander Kane. The trade that saw Kane go to Buffalo. Oh, Do you remember how you, it went down? I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Kane right. decided to just be like, nope, I'm getting shoulder surgery. This right. So yes. players, I mean, uh, Leaf fans are dealing with it right now. Austin Matthews is cl- very openly playing through a wrist injury, mm-hmm. right? And William Nylander is pretty openly playing through some sort of injury. These guys play through injuries all the time. Heinous, heinous, heinous stuff. Injuries. Heinous injuries. Oh my God. The, the, I think the worst one I ever heard was I spoke to Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. When he, when he was with Belleville and he was routinely playing through, I think it was knee, hip and back injuries that were all connected. Oh this my dude's God. dude's in the AHL. He's riding the bus for God knows how long. And everyone knows how fun that is on your knees, hips, and back. 
um, as a goaltender. And then the Sens call him up. And then you go 22 and 2 or whatever it was. And then what are you going to do? Take care of it? No, no you're going to sign the contract and you're, you're going to cash in. And then eventually it caught up with him. And he's like, okay, now I got to go deal with this, right? So I wonder if Jack Eichel is dealing with something that would usually keep him out a week. Mm-hmm. And he's going, okay, I'm doing damage to my career by continuing this. Absolutely, he is. This season is not worth salvaging. Um, and it's not about him quitting on the team. It's no. about him making himself the best Jack Eichel he can be for the team going forward. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that involves playing through an injury all season. Uh, Mid-Panini, 56-game season. Mid-Panoramic. Nothing is going right. Um, What is the point? And your GM has already said, we're open for business. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to trade all my teammates. Okay, okay. I'm just going to, you know, I tell you what, I'm going to get the surgery I need or whatever it is. This is just my theory. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to get whatever it is I need. You take any, almost any NHL player right now, they could probably go for some sort of surgery. For sure. Um, Absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. There's no one in the NHL is hundred percent healthy. No one, no one. Or like some McDavid style rehab or something that would require a lot more than a week. Well, you know? Like any, like when we say any surgery, like I think a hundred percent of NHL players right now could at least go for some like arthroscopic, like cleanup surgery on any of their joints. Any, all of them. All. And you know, I, I used to think of athletes as superhuman and something sort of opened my eyes, um, during the NBA final this year. Um, did you see the press conference where Jimmy Butler could barely stand up afterward? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a second. He's not necessarily made of something that I'm not. I mean, he is mm-hmm. definitely more gifted than I am, but he also has an entire team of people yeah, I was working say. on his every molecule <laughs> at every moment. So what you're saying is that you're cut from the same cloth as Jimmy Butler. Yes, That's what we're saying. We okay. are the same, him and I. Yeah. No, but like, if I promise you, I would have less back pain if I had the resources oh, yeah. of the Miami Heat, <laughs> you know? That's why anytime someone like specifically with the Leafs, when there was a flu bug going around and people were using that as like an excuse for why they were dropping. I'm just like, listen, yeah, the flu sucks, but they probably have someone on staff whose literal occupation on their fucking LinkedIn is hydration, like director of hydration. (laughs) Like you don't have that when you're when you're sick, you're like chugging Gatorade or, you know, ginger ale or whatever. And that's like your best go to. Maybe your mom brings you soup if you're lucky. They have like a guy who is pro- whose only job is to make sure that you have have enough water that what you're bought. Like it's it's completely different. Yeah. But here's here's what what I always say when mm-hmm. when that argument comes up. Oh, they're professional athletes. They got all the resources. So they're dealing with that. Yeah. Even though they're being treated for it, they're dealing with it. Or they played the night before, yeah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. They're playing against a, prof- a yeah. team of professional athletes at their best, and mm-hmm. my money's on the team that doesn't need IV bags. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I listen. The team with the IV bags could beat ninety nine point five percent of teams in the world mm-hmm. in that condition. Not the ones who don't need them. <laughs> Not the NHL teams who don't need them. Good point. Good point. And yeah, that you know what? That could be 100%. Like Jack Eichel doesn't owe Buffalo anything. He's given them everything. And what have they given him in return? 
it's not even a matter of owing. It's just, is it a good idea to keep playing? Like, Evander Kane's uh, decision to get surgery um, from the Jets was viewed as spiteful. And maybe it was. But at the end of the day, he needed, he required the surgery. He needed yeah. the treatment. And the only reason he was dealing with it is because he's like, well, we're, we're about to go to the playoffs. Because th- that Jets team was going to the playoffs, were they not? Well, he so he got traded to Buffalo and then opted into the surgery. And then... And mm. that, yeah, and that was the... I don't think that's how it went, I'm man. I'm pretty I th- sure I think it he is. opted for the surgery before. Well, I think he... It, there was something where he knew he was going to get traded, and also that was... I'm pretty sure the year he got traded, that was the tank for Eichel, or McDavid year, where, like, they traded for Michael Neuverth. He won, like, three straight games. or like, this is unacceptable, and traded <laughs> him again. Like, yeah, you're you know? right. You're right. Speaking of... Um, the Sabres, I just something really. So I was reading John Vogel had a great piece in The Athletic um, about, you know, the, the trade tiers essentially for the Sabres. And I missed this quote, but this is showing this is essentially like the death knell for Ralph Kruger, in my opinion, because Skinner, Jeff Skinner, you know, he was scratched for three straight before like huge. You know, he's got six years left at nine million per crazy. Oh. And he scored his first goal of the season during Sunday's again, five two loss to the Islanders. They lost even though he scored. So that's, you know, and. Asked about it after the game, this is what Ralph Kruger said. That's certainly something for Jeff Skinner, who's measured his whole career on goals. Yeah, that what the now f- what the hell? <laughs> I I've been reading these Ralph Kruger quotes and wondering if there's like the slightest of language barriers. Like there, I there don't can, think so. There can be Come like on. it's it's not that he mischose his words. He maybe um he maybe used the wrong tone. You know what I mean? But it's in English. It reads terribly. (laughs) If you're going to get hired to be an NHL coach where you have to speak to the media every day in English, I feel like you should. Ralph Kruger does not even have the worst English (laughs) NHL coaches. So let me defend him right there. But uh, listen, I'm grasping at straws. You can tell it's a horrible quote from a coach and a player who very obviously have a terrible relationship. And it just disintegrated in a year. Like what the how? And now you got all these balls in the air because like I think of the Sabres, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry for that, by the way, that you think of the Sabres in the first place. That oh, just me too. sounds terrible. So at the top, though, they have got to keep Jack Eichel happy and they have got to make Jeff Skinner work and they have got to get as much as they can out of Taylor Hall and they have got to continue to develop Rasmus Dahlin, who is the first overall pick nobody talks about. And you have got to build a team worth a shit around all those players. While that's like five balls right there. You you mentioned five things and they failed on every single one, every single one, all of them. And like, what the Jeff Skinner's out of the lineup. What the hell did you get Eric Stahl for? What'd you, how'd you get Taylor Hall for? He's not playing with Jack Eichel. Uh, I think, no, I still support that. What? That's the one reason they got him. No, 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 no. Okay. Sorry. So he's not playing with Eichel? No. Okay. That I don't support. That's stupid. But what I do support is the decision to go out and get him. Like, oh yeah, he's, he was clearly there because he screwed up. He, he completely Mm -hmm. did not understand the market. And And he screwed screwed up up. again. If he, if, if it was anything other than a mistake, he would have signed for more than one year. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So he made a mistake, uh, but you have this unique situation where you have the star player and he'll either be great 
and you can trade him for a bunch of stuff or he'll be great and you can convince him to stay mm-hmm. and play with Jack Eichel forever or or option C everything is shit. I do not envy Kevin Adams at all. Where do you start? Well, they already tore it down to the like tore it down to the studs before. Yeah. They tore it down to the ECHL team. And now they're going to do it again? It's just absurd. Absurd. But the difference was they were a mediocre team that they tore down to a mm. bare bones rebuilding team. Yeah. And now they're not even that. Like, they're yeah. not even mediocre. It's a disgrace. Like, what Mike Harrington said, this is the one time I'll agree with him. It is a disgrace. They are unwatchable. But, like, okay, let's ignore last night's game between the mm-hmm. Oilers and Sens. Uh, for some reason, the Oilers just murder them. And yeah. Matt Murray, like... We're going to get to that in a sec. Yeah, next time he sees the Oilers on a schedule, he should just be like, uh, Coach, I, my thumb's sore. I'm I getting sol- shoulder surgery. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. no thank you. But... Other, generally speaking, the Ottawa Senators are in most games. Yeah. And they can win games. They're scrappy. Mm-hmm. They try hard. And it's not like anyone's ever accused Ottawa of being an extremely positive place to play. <laughs> but they have yeah. a culture about them that involves trying. They seem to and be having fun, even through the, the losses. Yes. You know? They seem to be having fun. No one has had an ounce of fun in Buffalo for at least half a decade. Ryan O'Reilly, one of the best centers in the league, captain of the Blues, Conn Smythe winner the next season, legitimately told the media that playing in Buffalo sucked the joy of the game of hockey, the game that he's been playing since he probably could step on you know solid ground, and that his parents invested thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars in that his entire livelihood is based around he said that playing in buffalo sucked the joy of hockey out of him and this is where someone will go well what about phil kessel and the leafs totally different situation and and here's the difference in flavors phil kessel leaves the leafs goes to the penguins wins a cup right Mm -hmm. but all his discussions about toronto after the fact were yeah that was hard Yeah, yeah that was challenging and yeah i wish we could have done better and all that. Ryan O'Reilly talked about not liking hockey anymore. Yeah. Phil was like, I didn't like talking difference? to the media. Yeah. He was like, I didn't like talking to the media. It was tough, but he got well, to, you does? know, he got to play Xbox with Bozy and you know, all that kind of like, it was, it was fine, you know? And he generally speaking, had a good time. Exactly. There was nothing, just n- nothing of joy. All right. We got to rip through these. I don't want to keep you forever. The, the oh, last, good. the last headline we're, we're going to hit today is apparently Elliot Freeman says in 31 thoughts that helmet ads, they're here to stay. Good or bad? Literally don't care. So good. Yeah. Awesome. It's a revenue I've, source. I've barely recognized them at all. I don't, I don't think they look that bad either. Like, I kind of like the Scotiabank thing. It, it fits. It's not bad. It's the biggest non-story in the universe to get upset at. It's almost as dumb as getting mad about Justin Bieber making a music video about the Oh, Leafs. boy. All right. Well, speaking of that, let's hit plot points. What's trending up and trending down in hockey? Trending down. We'll just start at the bottom list, I guess, here, is the bar for editor and leaf tweets. Um... Now, Bar. Uh, now, as someone who used to run that site, um, I am almost I every single time I log on to this stupid app, I am Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Look at going. Look how they massacred my boy, because it is I like I, that. I like that very thank much. You. Sorry, um, continue. <laughs> I, live, I live for your approval, Steve. Thank you. Um, and it is just 
I don't get how, well, I do because I worked with the person, I co-ran the site with the person who makes these tweets, so I can 100% understand it. And I want to preface it, great way to get your feet wet. It was the 10,000 hour theory. I had to write at least one thing every single day for two straight years. Great. For a lot of money, I'm sure. Oh, hundred. Yeah. Just roll. I I am a rich man. That's for sure. Um, I don't understand how they can be wrong about everything. And the latest, the, you know, it it started this season when they said, you know, everyone, but they basically listed like, you know, the Leafs were playing Thornton, Spezza, Simmons, Hyman as like just playing guys for names and not for their skill. Hilarious. But Getting mad about Justin Bieber, one of the biggest, if not the biggest pop stars in the world, mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, was the, let's be frank, sexual awakening for an entire generation. <laughs> like, let's be real here. I, I, I went to school. I, I met Justin Bieber right at the time when, um, right at the time when, when he was blowing up and I was happy, uh, you know, he's, I think he's only one year older than me and I was happy to note that I was taller oh than him back then, which was great. Um, but he is, you know. We talk about growing hockey. This dude straight up made like a fan edit that someone would make on like Tumblr, but for the Leafs and posted it to his, I think it's like what, like 40 million followers on Twitter and then like 100 million on Instagram. 114 million. That's absurd. That's incredible. There should be not like there is no, first of all, doesn't impact your life whatsoever. You don't have to look at it if you don't want to. You don't like his no. music? Great. Go listen to fucking Burton Cummings if you want. Doesn't matter. What also is great is so the guy, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to, you know, like dox or, or flame anyone. But the guy who made that tweet then to quote, quote tweeted. Keep in mind, this is from the editor and leaf account. It's, it's verified on Twitter. Right. I, don't under, I don't know how they did that, but whatever. And you, this is a very like well-policed Twitter account too because I remember I once put the X next to, next to the username when the Leafs made the playoffs. And I got like an email from corporate saying, take that out. So I don't get how he's allowed to do this. Shh. I know. Stupid. Anyway, he then posts, for anyone who really wants like to know music, here are my top 100 songs of all time. And he puts his Spotify playlist. One of the songs was um, Trap Queen by Fetty Wap, which was hilarious. So, what, Do people not like that song? No, it's, it's fine. but like I like to, that song. Oh, it's great. Back when you were allowed to turn up, it was fantastic. But... People like for someone to like sit on their high horse and be like, oh, I, I'm the real judge of music here. And, you know, Justin Bieber, it's an excuse. Here are my top top songs of all time. And then one of them is I'm a trap queen. like what the fuck are you doing here? Here's here's you, you want to know the biggest problem in this situation. I would love to know you me you for allowing it to work. It's how dare fault. you? You allowed it to work. We were talking about Stephen A and how you disagree with him on most things. And there's the Skip Bayless thing. I think that's what they're going for. And he's not. Let me tell you, he's not. He's not like these are genuine beliefs. These are genuine beliefs. I can tell you that. Like, I know for a fact, I worked with this guy every single day for two years, two straight years running Mm. this website. Mm. I know he believes this. Like, this is not this is not clickbait. It's just I feel like it's not the right platform for what he's trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? Um, Let editor and leaf be editor and leaf and you be you. Yeah. While you work for editor and leaf. Exactly. It's because now the whole brand is just you, which I don't think makes any sense for the website. Yeah. And now, now an entire staff of writers who are trying to like, you know, break in or or doing this for fun or or try, you know, be part of this kind of community are now associated with that. Like I, I, when I was running the com, I would not want the website to be, Here's what Steve Dangle thinks.com. Exactly. Like when really? I like the biggest thing that was a bummer for me is that when I was writing this, you know, I was obviously trying to, to make a name for myself and I would write like, you know, long kind of thoughtful pieces there. I look back on them and they're obviously shit, but like, oh, you, that's normal. 
but you but you look at it, you're you're putting an effort. You know, I'm, I'm talking to players, I'm doing all this kind of stuff, and then you know, and they would do pretty well. Like we we reach like you know record viewership, whatever on on you know two separate occasions. That's great, but like. Then, you know, this guy would fart out like a 400 word like should Zach Hyman, uh, you know, z- I don't know, something something ridiculous. I don't know. Like, I can't even think of it. I don't want to give myself brain worms. And that would be the association then because someone would look at me and be like, oh, you're right for it and leave. OK, well, your opinion doesn't matter. So let Justin Bieber do his thing. Let you listen to, you know, Fetty Wap if you want. Just shut the fuck up. That's my opinion. I'll, I'll just say this to everyone. If something is very inflammatorily dumb, but mm-hmm. ultimately harmless. Leave it be. Exactly. All right. Uh, trending down. We mentioned this a bit briefly as well. Matt Murray's career. Um, oh. What is going on? This guy. This is a guy who won. I believe he won a cup before he was even eligible for the Calder. And yes. he yes. won his second cup when he was eligible for the Calder. And in the span of a few years is now like unplayable. He has he. And he has an 880 save percentage in 22 games this year. Oh, boy. That's like, that's like a decent sample size. For, let's say that's a backup goalie's sample size. Like, that means the, the starter played, you know, 60 games. So that's, I would say that's, that's about, you know, average. That's an 880 save percentage. Michael Hutchinson was almost run, was, was run out of this town for putting up even better than that in, in you know, a few games. He's, that, the goal, like, everyone was talking about this awesome pass that McDavid made last night to, to set up Dry yeah, I saw your tweet about this. <laughs> that goal shouldn't have even come close. That was horrendous. It's not a good shot. It was, no, it was deflected by, like, three different sticks. It was wobbling. It was moving in slow motion, basically. Matt Murray was completely square to it. Like, completely. As far away Perfect from... position. As far yeah. away from, from the puck as I am to, like, this glass that's right in front of me right now. And... He, it just bounces in. I, he's got $6.25 million per year left until 2025. Yeah, he needs a reset. He, what is he going needs on? A, he just got and, a reset. No, no, no. He got a reset in location. And he needs a mental reset. I, I look at him and I go, boy, does he remind me of Jake Allen of a few years yeah, ago. That's where actually really he was real, real good. Then real, real bad real real bad and he you know went and got some help and he got the mental reset Mm -hmm. i don't know if he was seeing a therapist for x y or z or if it was just a sports psychologist um and then now look at his career now the blues didn't have a ton of success with him as a starter but now he's this like wicked 1a guy won a cop and i mean you can't you can't say well he was the backup i mean he was he played a lot of games for them that year. I think he might have gotten into some playoff games. He, he certainly got them there. Like as a starter, he was no good. But then as a backup for Jordan Bennington, he was like the ideal candidate. Mm-hmm. And now he's a good guy for for Carey Price. So like I just look at Matt Murray, and I go, what is the support for him? He plays in front of one of the worst defenses on paper in the entire league. Um, who is his backup? Marcus Hogberg. And Joey Decord. Yeah, that's not that's not who he needs. Yeah. No, you're it's right. very obvious what he needs. He needs, you know, uh, I don't know if this is the greatest example I'm gonna throw out there, Hit but me. how bad would one more year of Craig Anderson have been really? 
Oh, absolutely not. Like, what? what's the point? From a pure mentorship standpoint. They got rid of, they, they decided to go in on all you know, young guys and got rid of, like, probably the two best veteran presence, or three, I would say, veteran presence on the team. Like, Mark Bor- Borowiecki was, like, so much more than a hockey player to that team, I would say. Like, yeah. he was well, a straight-up real-life real superhero, but also, like, any young player. Like, l- look at Tim Stutzla's, um, or Stutzla, uh, Rachel will kill me if I pronounce that incorrectly. Um, his his quote last night was like, you can't just keep getting blown out. Like, this is embarrassing. It's absurd. He's There's a lot of frustration there. You know who would be great to, to kind of reel in that frustration for a you know, 19-year-old or 18-year-old who, you know, you know, I, you were an eighteen-year-old before I was. Get you know can get frustrated really easily. <laughs> yes, I yeah. was. B- big if true. Um, Mark Borietsky, and then also Bobby Ryan, a guy who's been through hell in life and in hockey, who came back successfully. It was a great feel-good story. Cut bait on him. I know it was a money decision, but they cut bait on him. And then also Craig Anderson for you know the, the look one there there was a really deep goaltending market this year. But the, you could have, if you even if you didn't want to keep Craig Anderson, you didn't have to go and tr- and first of all give up assets to get Matt Murray. And I was for the Matt Murray trade at the time. Like I thought he could rebound. Oh, I forgot it was a trade. They, but they didn't even oh give up God. that much. It was like a second and a prospect, which which I at the time criticized the Pens for being like this. Is way too low. Like this is a guy who won two cups. He's 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 in twenty six. He's going to bounce back. You know, which right. goes to show how wrong we are. Which also breeding into my my application to be the new Stephen A. Smith of hockey. Um, but it just. Like, and, and then the, the extension, it didn't have to be that you had no, he had no leverage. You just trade, like you, you didn't trade a huge package for him. You had four second round picks. You traded one of them and his leverage is you want me. Yeah. And then you could have been, you traded for me. You obviously want me. He used the same leverage that Toscala used and Bernier used. Hey, if, Hey, if you don't think I'm worth the money, then why am I here? But then you could have been, you know, if you're a savvy GM go, listen, we're not like, this is as much as we want to put on a happy face that, you know, we're, we're trying. And, and you know, Eugene was like, this is going to be one of the years of unprecedented success. They had four second round picks. They traded one of them to get Matt Murray and like a, you know, third tier prospect or whatever. And they could have gone, look, we're going to bridge you. We'll give you two years, you know, seven mil. And then from there, if you're great, we'll give we'll back up the Brinks truck for you. You'll be the foundation of our team. You'll be 28, so you still have time left in that in that you know that time period or the timeline where where goalies are really good, and you'll be playing behind you know a really good team that's poised for contention. Or at the same time, if they didn't want to get him, this is one of the deepest goaltending markets. And and I think about it now, like how much better would the Senators be in the standings this year if they gave Aaron Dell the exact same contract the Leafs did? Oh, ah. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's not doing so great. Well, that also might factor into the whole, you know, like I think anyone who's on waivers like that, that's got a like there's a mental capacity that he had to quarantine. There was all this kind of shit. He's probably got a family like. But think about it. Like there were a lot of good goalies who, you know, or, or I would say like good to decent goalies who could be had for like one year, 800 grand, one year, 900 grand. If you really want to stop gap. And yet they decided, no, we're going to go all in on Matt Murray this year. And this could potentially be a franchise crippling contract for them, given their financial situation. I'm surprised more goalies weren't loaned. Yeah. Like like a guy like Hogberg or Decord, you know, could have been loaned to like, I don't know, some somewhere in Europe if they mm-hmm. were willing. And then you go out and you get a veteran back. Yeah. And the conversation you just have is, listen, this season ain't going to be nothing nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not going to have any of the perks you usually experience. We're not a great team. We're trying to be one though. And we want you to be a part of that. So you need to be playing games. Um, we got this new guy. We're going to support him with a vet. 
so that you don't have to be the shoulder, you know, that he, he leans mm-hmm. on. But, you know, I wonder, I wonder with Matt Murray, maybe he didn't want that. Yeah, well, that's true. You know, how Freddie Anderson seemed perfectly comfortable not really having the support over the past few years because he wants to be the dude. Um, that's true. I don't, I don't know, but it's what, whatever it is, is not working. And he needs a hardcore mental reset because like, this is so far beyond a guy's career regressing. He's, he's got nothing. Left. Did you see, like you saw him in that interview, like the interview, the welcome interview. He looked like a guy who hadn't slept in like a month. He looked like me in the middle of final exams at the end where I was just like teetering on the brink of a mental breakdown. Like look at that, go and look at Matt Murray's like zoom interview or whatever. I think it was with NHL network or something on the day he was traded. He looked like hell. Like this was, it didn't look like a guy who was in a good space. And yeah, I think it's a huge mental part. Like you don't, you don't just, that just doesn't happen. Like you don't, you don't go from a two-time Stanley Cup winner who won one before you're even eligible for Rookie of the Year, who you know was who essentially displaced a franchise pillar in Marc Andre Fleury. Like you have to be that good to do it. To a guy who you know, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even be confident if this guy could be like a starter in the AHL right now, given his actual like positioning. Like it, that doesn't happen. It's got to be mental. Does that mental reset happen in Ottawa? Because I don't think it can. It's it has to. Yeah, it has to because no one's taking that contract on. You know, obviously, I don't remember the exact timeline, but his father passed. Yes, yeah, it's it's hit him extraordinarily hard. I like. I'm not saying he needs a reset as a criticism. I'm saying no, no, that no. Like it's help as an observer. Yeah, like this guy needs help. Um, I don't think it's got anything to do with his athletic ability, unless we find, you know, something out about his health. But um, I, I don't think it's his body. I think it's his mm-hmm. mind, and the sends need to need to invest the money um and the time into getting this guy's head right because you you're already you're already committed yeah um you have matt murray you're not gonna not have matt murray so you you need to get him as much help as you now can. before we uh before we head on to some nice leafs talk um because that will be our deep dive here and i will try to do as quick as possible um sure would you shut down matt murray for the rest of the season like would you just be like look man we like get yourself right. Like we support you. We have you locked into a long-term contract here. You're our guy, but there's something not going on. Like go home, like be with your family, go see someone, you know, you can still, you can still communicate with the team, be a part of it. We all know that you are the guy here. You're very important. You're one of the highest paid players on the team. If not the highest, I'm pretty sure um, he is just be like, he is, he's the second highest paid player on the team. You clearly matter here, but something's not right. Go home, see someone, be with your family, reset. We're in the middle of the panoramic, like shit's hard. We get it because clearly you're only doing more destruction to yourself. We support you, whatever. Like I, in my, I think I would kind of do that. I think he wants to battle through it. And I'll tell you what, because I was shocked to see him left in for all seven. Yeah, that was absurd. I was shocked, but who's the Sens head coach? It's DJ Smith. It is. Yeah. Who was the buffer? between uh babcock and the players he was happy-go-lucky good guy mm, and he can't um, be that anymore and well i don't think it was an f you to murray leaving him in i think murray wants to battle through this but that's not good for anyone i think uh, this this is the problem right mm. so now you now you got to go to the guy you are trying to keep happy and you got to make him unhappy by being like listen you get, you got to go away for a bit I don't know if I would shut him down necessarily, but eh, that is what happened with Jake Allen. Yeah. 
I do look at this and I and I see a similar path forward um, for Matt Murray and what happened to Jake Allen, but it's it's hard to watch, right? It like it's, it's tough. It's really tough to watch. That's the thing. That's, we're I think, talking about it as unbiased fans, like, exactly. They, like I mean, obviously I like the Leafs, but like I'm not like ha ha. The sense no. suck and Murray sucks. No, I want I want this guy to get his head right because, like you said, it's weird. Um, who goes from being a double cup goalie exactly to this? It doesn't like complete declines that don't seem to be actually like injury related. They just don't happen like this. Like you don't you don't uh, you as a professional athlete who's worked your way up to get to this point, you don't wake up one morning and you just suck now. And that's essentially what happened to Matt Murray. Like you don't you don't see that happen. And so, you know, we both been pretty upfront about, you know, mental health stuff and, and our own battles. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the worst thing that I did to myself and what got me to, you know, the, the quote unquote breaking point at the start of quarantine was I just battled through it for like as long as I can remember. And that was the worst thing that could happen to me. And it did nothing but hurt myself and also just like leave me distant to the people around me. And the, and the, the sends don't need that. So I think, look, I think they got to do this isn't even if you take away the personal aspect of it. This is an asset. This is your second most most lucrative or I guess most expensive asset. Protect it. And I think the best way to protect it is to say, hey, look, get yourself right. We support you. You are making the second most money on the team. You're locked in long term. You're not going anywhere. You're our guy. So just go home, be with your family, do what you know. a lot of players I'm, I'm sure are trying are really hoping to do right now in the middle of a, a very, you know, these unprecedented times. Get yourself right. And we support you. You make a great point that this is this is a personal decision mm-hmm. and a business decision. Yeah. Right. It's uh, you know, you, you can listen to this and be like, oh, you know, it's soft or whatever. No, man. No, it's the Sens need to figure this out. And also, like, I, I like to think the, the conversations change. Like, I, I was thinking about this just last night, how. Like, I think it was 2017. I was, like, ashamed to, like, start therapy. Yeah, me I too. I didn't tell my parents right away. And I'm like, man, that was only four years ago. Damn. I didn't tell them for, like, six months. I didn't tell anybody. Um, because of the stigma. But, like, you know, four, four years has changed a lot. But four years also wasn't that long ago. That's so, true. I don't know. We're, we're making a lot of assumptions yes, here. Yes, yes. We don't look, but it looks it looks to be that way. Um, yes. All right. Now, before we get into some leaf stock, quick word for I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business, and it's customized to your needs. You get a great-looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store 
with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Our sponsor. All right. Leafstock, baby. Let's do this. Um, are you worried? Nah. Me neither. I'm not worried. I'm just realistic. Um, this team has raised the bar for itself. For sure. And at their worst, they look like last year's Leafs, mm-hmm. which are still okay. Yeah. We would like them to be better, but in the grand scheme of things, they're still okay. Mm-hmm. So... What these I I like that they're going through this. Yes, because Tampa did not go through this, and it cost them dearly um, against the Blue Jackets. And then obviously they had that experience under their belt. They said, "Let's wreck everything," and they won the Stanley Cup. Um, so what have you learned from okay. this three-game losing streak? Because I know what I've learned. I've learned I've learned a couple things. I've learned that, and this kind of steps on some of the points, so we'll just lump this into one big conversation, I guess. I've learned that the Leafs should 100% be resting Austin Matthews. If we talk about business decisions, that is the most important one. That's your most lucrative asset in your franchise century-long history. Interesting. He is not okay right now. That wrist is the most important wrist in the city of Toronto. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. And he has been very upfront. And also wrists are like wrist injuries. It's one thing to have them playing through them can lead to things like arthritis and degradation in the ligaments and joints. And you know what? For someone, you know, who is only at the start of, of a potential, you know, generational type career, maybe not the best idea to be fucking around with that. Let, let's get Marley's meta. It ruined Joe Colburn's career. I, exactly. It ruined his career. It did. He was, he was, I think, top five in AHL scoring until February, hurt his wrist and he didn't have a goal for, cause that was the year the Marlies, it was 2012, what, 28 games or something. Uh, I don't remember the amount of games, but he didn't have a goal from February on, right? From February till May. God damn. Because they went all the way to the car, uh, Calder cup. Oh, final. Yeah. And another guy who fell off a cliff a few years ago because of a wrist injury. And then eventually got it back was Claude Giroux. Yeah. And look what, and Tyler Johnson, another one who was a non-factor in the Stanley Cup final after being great all playoff long, couldn't shoot. Exactly. The most important part of, of Austin Matthews' arsenal is his shot. And then he goes out and gets two goals. Yeah, but... <laughs> it's hilarious. But, I, I, and this sounds so nitpicky, but like literally, and this is, this is the thought you have to have with a player as good as him, if that, they lost by one goal, they did mm-hmm. get goalied. If that wrist is fully healthy... Maybe he has three. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like, come I, on. And this is the standard he set for himself. Exactly. I Listen, they played it cautious with him last year um, with the whole missing the all-star game mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and that was risk two. That was risk two. That was risk two. So we there's already precedent, though, mm-hmm. that they will handle it cautiously. 
So it doesn't look like it right now. It no, it doesn't. But because of the way they treated the last one, which I think was the different wrist, um, the way they treated the last one gives me faith that they're making the right decision right now. Yeah, yeah. But it is concerning. This is not a du- like this is not a dumb sports science thing like division here. Like clearly they know more than us, so we might be talking out our asses. They might have an you know an X ray or an MRI pulled up where they know a specific ligament isn't isn't hurt, so it won't do this, and we look like idiots just even debating this. But from the the information that we've gathered, like joint injuries suck. Right. So you, you can't mess around with that. Another thing that I've learned specifically is that Frederick Anderson isn't good enough to take this team where they need to go, I think. Hey, boy, that's the tough one, and I think you're right. It's, I have here in the prep, and forgive me for this, but he hasn't looked consistently good since you were still pulling out. Wow. 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 Also, Am I wrong? on the fourth goal. Yes. On No, you're not. On the fourth goal. Exactly. Uh, you know, on the note of Austin Matthews, I, I looked at Freddie and I'm like, that guy's hurt. I mean, we know he is. He's being hurt. Near groin. Which, hey. N- near groin. Those are kind of important for a goalie, right? Yep. That's, that's, I was just watching it and just by his reaction to the goal, the way he moved, I'm like, near groin. That guy's hurt. But has he, but this isn't, like, the thing is, this isn't a recent, we have a long sample size. Like, I, like, 20, December 2019 was the last time that Frederick Anderson looked, and I would say, I will not, I will not say he, he looked good because he's had spurts, but looked consistently good. There you go. Since then, it has been, you know. Spotty. Very, very mediocre as a baseline with a couple really good performances that leave J.D. Bunkus frothing at the mouth for anyone who decides to, to debate him about this. But he has a 903 save percentage this year, and when you look at the difference, <sighs> but you look at the difference in goaltenders, the, the goalies, like the least other two goalies who have played games this year, Jack Campbell and Michael Hutchinson, I think they have a combined, I think it's a 922 off the top of my head or something like that. They've been better. They've been, They've been better. They, just, they haven't just been better. They've been markedly better. And Frederick Anderson, like this is the last we're seeing of him in Toronto, for sure. They're not, he's not coming back. They're not re-signing him. No way. I think once Campbell's healthy, you need to explore tryouts. You need to explore the idea of Freddie is no longer your anointed starter. Mm-hmm. He can get the job back, kind of like uh, Holt being Grubauer in 2018. Yeah. Right? He can Absolutely. get the job back. But uh, right now, it's we need to play the best goalie. I'll tell you what I learned. Hit me. The Leafs are one defensive injury away from being a non-factor in the playoffs. Really? Yeah. Well, it depends on who that injury is. Brody. Oh, Yeah. Well, Morgan. Paul. Okay. Any of the top four, dude. They survived without Muzzin by the skin of their... Well, not by skin of teeth. They fucking mollywopped the Oilers. But, dude, Morgan Riley. Who hasn't been awesome. No, he's looked like ass this year. But we've already seen life without him, and it was shit. That, absolutely. But he's looked worse this year. Like, the, he is the Leafs' number one minute muncher on the entire team, and he's consistently outshot every time he's on the ice. I think he's... Still figuring out who Morgan Riley is on the ice. What? Because he, he's got this defensive partner who's allowing him to play like he did in junior. True. And I think what he's discovering is that doesn't work. But at the end of the day, they're winning games, right? Yeah. Now that they're losing, it's a problem. But I, I any of those guys in the top four go down, 
You are big old bone skied. And what I would like to see, because they talked about, well, look, look at look at Tampa last year. They went out and they got themselves a third line. I'm not terribly worried about that with the Leafs. Uh, you know, and everyone's talking about Grandland. We're going to get into and, that, yeah. Yeah, and all that. Uh, Eckholm. Mm-hmm. That is my Oh my God. name. All of a sudden, you add Eckholm to that group. I literally do not care where you slot him. You can withstand an injury. Yep. And if you're healthy, you're looking at one of the better decors in the league, probably the best in Canada. Well, let's talk trade deadline then, because Eckholm is... The package that it's going to take to get Matthias Ekholm is going to be absolutely absurd. He he is in the middle of his prime. He's consistently very good. He's got another year left after this one at three point seven five million. So he's like that is at that everything you want in a player, it, it, specifically in a defenseman. He's got. They are going like, and the Predators like David Poyle, like he's he's a yes, they're you know up you know open for business just like the Sabers are, but he's not just going to give them away. That is going to be a huge package. What is the most that you would give up for him? Because look, he would solve. I wouldn't even say the Leafs have a big problem on the back end, but he would he would elevate that team to like if they didn't make the Cup final, it would be a disappointment. Well, and a, a realization I just had. Yeah. So with the expansion draft coming up this summer, they're going to lose Dermot probably. Why are people saying that? Because it's either you go four and four or seven and three, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, if they go seven and three, which I think a lot of people expect, that means exposing one of Riley, Hall, Brody, Muzzin. It depends on who has um, uh, no move clauses, because those make them exempt, right? With the no, it does not make them Doesn't exempt. It? it no, it makes them. It makes the Leafs have to protect. Oh them. yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Damn, it's an extremely important distinction. So now you get Ekholm. Uh, you're definitely losing a very good defenseman, mm-hmm. but maybe he allows you to keep one of those guys. It's true. You know true. what I mean. So I think I was. So I brought that up to say. I brought it up as a cautionary tale, mm-hmm. but it's actually a good reason to get him. Oh, yeah. Because you're probably looking at losing a defenseman anyway. That's true. I'm surprised it hasn't been brought up more with the Leafs because we all just go, oh, well, they're losing a forward because they have such good forwards. Wait a sec. No, they have they have a, a lot of bodies in the back end. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting Ekholm, even if you end up losing him, yeah. Um, at very least... You know, you uh, you're not as shorthanded as you might have been. You're not going to lose Ekholm in the expansion draft. You're going to protect Ekholm in the expansion draft. Well, then you're losing someone else. Yeah, but right? then but this is what I'm saying. But I think Ekholm, if you if you go like think about okay, who would you like swap out on the least blue line with Ekholm? Like li- literally, like probably Morgan Riley. He's lefty. Ekholm. Ekholm. Um, yeah, I believe so. I'm pretty sure he is. But like, I just position wise doesn't matter. Let's just let's just take that uh, like. Shot, whatever. Yeah, he's he's a lefty. But like, take away like what what way he shoots. Like literally one for one. Would, who would you swap out? Like, would you swap out him for Morgan, or would you swap out Morgan Riley for him? Maybe. T.J. Brody. I don't know. Maybe we'd, we'd see. Jake Muzzin. Probably not. But then after that, tra- a, a one for one swap of of Hall for for. Like, I'm not saying this is a trade, but I mean like who you're gonna lose in the expansion draft and replace him with Ekholm. Like replace Hall with Ekholm, even though he's he shoots left. Hundred percent. Dermot. 100%. Bogosian, 100%. Like, all these guys. Like, so, I don't know, man. Like, he would be the, the 
like you gotta you gotta get this guy. And apparently they're in on him. Like Ellie Freeman said in thirty in thirty one thoughts, like they're open for everybody. Or well, are we gonna talk about that list of names oh, that we, Elliot Friedman said? Sh- you bet your sweet ass we are. So because it's a it's weird weird list. It's super weird. So he has like some of them were, were pretty interest or pretty normal. Like you know, I, I've heard that the Leafs are interested in Forsberg. Yeah, they, Mick Granlin was the was the um, was the name on the piece of paper that Friedman wrote down that teased everyone. Obviously, and then Eric Stahl. I think a lot of fan, you know people have been fan casting that for sure. A lot of people want that. Adams brought that up a bunch of times. Yeah, and then. <laughs> We get to Mark Stahl? Like, I beg your effing what? <laughs> why? Is, For the purpose of why? He gives you nothing that you need. He's better than none of your current six defensemen. None I don't... Them. I'm pretty sure... Is he right? Is it right shot? He... I don't... He's bad. He's, he's a bad shot. He is bad. Like, get out of here. No, he shoots. He's a left shot. I don't... Like, yeah, I don't... It makes don't, no sense. But let's just run down some names on the trade deadline. Um, because the Leafs are... I think it's fair to say the Leafs are going to make additions. This is the year to go in for it. Like... They should. The, the drafts... This draft class, even if it wasn't completely, you know, completely screwed up by the panini that we're in, it's it's a not a very delicious panini, too. Um, it's This is one of the weakest drafts Burn. in recent... Yes, exactly. It's one of the weakest draft classes in recent memory. So if giving up a first, especially hopefully a late first, like it would be for the Leafs, not that lethal. So I think we got to keep that in mind. So let's let's run down a couple names. You tell me whether or not you'd be in and what you'd probably try and give up. Let's go with the big fish, Taylor Hall. Uh, is it weird that I'm not that jazzed on him? Like, I'm just, I'm just not that excited for that player. I listened to one Mike Stevens refer to him as Mr. Struggle. Yes, I was going to bring that up. He is. It just seems. Look, I'm not I'm not a very like and this is this is where I think it comes down to Rachel and I differing is because she'd probably give a very, you know, important and, and you know, intelligent um, analysis about why Taylor Hall would fit this. And I go, the guy's cursed and I don't want that juju in the locker room. It's like Matt Matt uh, Duchesne. Yeah, look, I wouldn't. No, he just everywhere he goes, the situation falls apart. Edmonton, it fell apart. And like with this year's Leafs team, like what has been so nice about them is how low maintenance they are compared to last year's group. 100%. And I'm not into a reclamation project right now, man. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm into, uh, hey, are you great right now? Right effing now? I think they are. And there's also the issue of the Sabres are probably going to, end up back in the Leafs division. How much do you want to help them? I don't think the Sabres are interested in picks also is the dangerous thing because they Ooh. don't have a bloody scouting department. So that's, we didn't even talk about that. Oh my God. I know. So they're going to want something uh, tangible. They, they want something tangible. Somebody who has already been developed a little bit. So you're looking at Sandine. Well, you're not going to give up Sandine. No. Not giving up Robbins, Robertson. You're not giving up Lilligren. Uh, I think Lilligren no. is a name that they ask for. I, I'm not doing that. No way. For one year, you've you inv- you got to give me. I'm Kevin Adams. You got to give me one of Amirov, Robertson, Sandine, or Lilligren. Then I tell you, I tell you in the nicest of terms to go fuck yourself. But then you don't get Taylor Hall. Then so, fine. So there it is. We'll be we'll be fine. You won't be. Yes. We'll be fine without Taylor Hall. You won't be fine with him. So you can make the decision. Like. I think the real great equalizer here will be like a Kerfoot. I know that, that that's kind of thrown in and I kind of like him, but for the money that he's, that he's making and also like you can't look, I like Kerfoot, but 
he's making 3.5 mil. You kind of need that to be your third line center. And he just has shown that he can't really do that. Yes. And, and he's been killing penalties, which is good. Yeah. So now, you know, Taylor Hall, I don't think kills penalties. So you're leaving a void there. We, the least penalty kill isn't that good. We Well, that's a problem. Uh, but I also can't swap you in for center in a pinch. Um, like, I I need to see more out of this guy in a Sabres yeah. uniform. Like, that mm-hmm. breakaway mm-hmm. where he fell down. Absurd. Everyone, the part that you laugh at is him falling down. The part after where he yes. looked like a kid waiting to be picked up. Like from the school, like from, from the bus stop, I'm like, oh, bro, Mom, pick me up. They're drinking that. That is I, I do not. I do not want that in the locker room right now. Like he better if the Leafs were to get Taylor Hall. Yeah, I, I want him. I've been watching a lot of suits, Mikey. Me too. Hell yeah. I want him to act like a guy who has been serving time and that they just ruled actually it was a mistrial you're actually you're innocent and now you're free like i want him to go from here to here that's what i want. I need model citizen <laughs> yeah i need model citizen taylor hall i'm pulling out all the stops um right now though i, do, I just don't feel like that's what the team is missing i think he i actually you know know from good sources like he wants to be a leaf i think more than we want him to be a leaf right now like he's very interested. Yeah. It's depending on what the, every trade is depending on what you give up. But like, I would be fine giving up a late, a late first and I don't know, Angval, Kerfoot, whatever for this guy. But then again, you bring him in and then yes, a lot of the talk will be around reclamation, but then it adds just another like storyline of like, are you going to resign? Are you going to resign? Is Taylor Hall going to re? And it's just like another distraction. Like, I don't know. Yeah. This is the problem with his one year deal is we all know he's gone. He did this to himself too. Like I I have no sympathy for this guy. He, he is in the middle of his prime. He reaches free agency for the first time in his career. He had opportunities to go. Yeah. Nashville isn't doing any better, but he probably helped that situation a bit more than what's going on in Buffalo. And I'm pretty sure he had a, from what I've heard, he had a two year deal at like six mil per to go to Colorado. Like he could have done all these things and he, he <sighs> chose to go to, he chose to go to Buffalo. Colorado. He, he did that to himself. No sympathy. All right. The real saber that in my opinion, I think the Leafs should go and get Eric Stahl. Do you put him above or below Engvall? Above. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Engvall's not a center. Like he's be like oh, people, he's not a center. I like him as fourth line center though. I thought he was real good as fourth line center in the playoffs. I liked him. Yes, I thought he was I thought he was really good too, but like he's naturally he's not a center. Like he 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 played there for half a season on the Marlies. I covered it. He told me specifically that the last time he played center before that was when he was 10 years old on a pond in in uh, not Russia, in uh, Sweden. Like I think you got to get a guy you can learn. like Eric's Absolutely. Dubois learned. That's true. That was the big criticism of that draft pick. We're like, what? That guy's not even a center. So when Engvall develops into a good center, he's just going to randomly quit on the team and force his way out? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. All right. Fantastic. For sure. I think, I think Eric Stahl could be had at, he's 36. He's got, he's got one, like this is his own, he's a pending UFA. He's making 3.25, basically the same as, as Kerfoot, like a little bit less actually. Yeah. I think he kind of gives you everything you need. He's got a little bit of offensive punch. He's probably going to be, you know, overjoyed to, to get out of the... I think what we're really going to look at, too, is just the the absolute bounce back that a lot of these players have once they get freed from Buffalo. Yes. Like, because they'll just be so happy that they're going to be anywhere but there. 
which is another thing factoring into the Taylor Hall situation. But I don't think he's going to cost that much. No, I think, I think kind of fits. I think you tell Buffalo half retained, which helps get mm-hmm. it done, and a second surely gets it done. But then we're going to another. But then that might be too much. But. Yeah. But then we're falling back into the. All right. Remember that stretch of it was two straight years where the Leafs would just give second second round picks for veteran fourth line uh, centers that had never worked. Like I love Brian Boyle. He's my biological father. But then there's also Thomas Placanitz, and I think that worked a bit better than people give it credit for. But like, are we falling back into that? How many of those were bad? Like it's they were bad. No, like none of those players individually were bad. Um, it's just the team didn't make it far. Like it's with playoff buys, dude, if Tampa, uh, loses like they did to Columbus mm-hmm. after getting, uh, who was it? Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow at the price that they did. Yeah. We'd be calling them stupid, but they won the cup. <laughs> right. That's true. So That's it's true. just, you know, did your, how did your team do <laughs> basically? Like, uh, I think you give up a second for Eric Stahl and you go at least three rounds deep. We talk That's about, true. oh, man, it's brilliant and all that. No, like this, it, it's all different contexts. It's worth it then. Yeah. Yeah. Br- Brian Boyle made sense. They were rewarding a team that deserved it. Placanitz mm. was a little bit different, but then you ended up really needing him. Yeah. Um, mm. And then there's this year when it's clearly the year to go for it. Yeah. So I no, I go for I'm it in. with Eric Stahl. All right. Next one, Michael Granlin. I think so. I think that's. A, I think that fit really does fit what you need. Like it's a better. I think it's a better like a, a better version or like the less ma- lower maintenance version is uh, that was really eloquently put by myself. Of course, um, of the Taylor Hall trade. I think he kind of like he gives you kind of that offensive pump. I think he's a bit better defensively than Taylor Hall. He's pending UFA, but he's making way less. I don't know. I think it kind of fits. No, he does. He does perfectly. I think he's exactly uh, a fit. Like he's a leaf. Mm-hmm. He plays Leaf hockey, I think. They offered him a contract in the summer. And then, boy, he messed up. Oh, he, he fucked up. Yeah. What would you give up for him? Yeah, well, and it wasn't the summer. It was the fall. And oh, fuck, whatever. And, yeah. Well, and this is, this, is, this is what I don't get because I was like, well, you know, the allure of Nashville and all it has to offer. Mm. Oh, wait, 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 wait a sec. You're not able to enjoy... You're not doing anything. Like. A big old chunk of that. Um, no. So uh, what would I give up? Again, like all the guys who are available outside of Taylor Hall, like I feel like any of the Leafs big four prospects would be an overpayment. Abs- Absolutely. No, you're not giving up any of those guys. Like I'm saying, if you're if if it's one year rentals, no way. I'm not. You tell me like Timothy Lilgren. First of all, people are massively shitting on this guy for no reason. He's doing well. He was the Marley's best defenseman last year. He is 20, 22 years old right now, and he's far and away the longest tenured member of that team other than Rich Clune. Like, it's absolutely absurd. He's doing better, and he's kind of the inverse of what I thought he was going to be in that I thought he was going to be elite off, or not elite, but like very dynamic offensively and had to refine his defensive game. He is very, very, very solid defensively, which was developed under Sheldon Keefe, mm-hmm. and I think he has to, I think he has to refine his offensive game, but in a third line role at an ELC rate as a right shot defenseman, you really don't need that guy to chip in a lot. Dermot's doing fine or, you know, on that, maybe on the left, he has one point this year. Like it doesn't matter. This is, does he really only have one point? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. And it's a goal on Carey Price, like a beautiful goal. <laughs> Incredible goal. Yeah. Un- unreal. Um, with Lilligren though, NHL, different ball game. I need to, Very I true. need to Very see true. what this guy's got. Yeah. 
hundred percent. All right. Next name, Philip Forsberg. I mean, that's, that's where, that's where I give up. Not, maybe not Robertson or, or Ramirov, but that's where I give up one of the, uh, the big name guys. Uh, Nylander? No. Cause fuck off. <laughs> that, that's, that is, uh, that was a rumor floating around. Then no, I don't do that. It's so I was, I was seeing, what was I seeing? Was it Forsberg and Granlin or Forsberg and Ekholm? I can't remember because I was like, okay, if it's both, I mm. I drive him to the airport. <laughs> oh, it's both both absolutely. <laughs> drive absolutely. him to the airport. Are you kidding me, Willie? Thanks for everything. Your IG's hilarious. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I checked David Poyle into like an extended care home. Like I like I'm I'm I'd be worried about him at that point. Like for real. If if he did both of those guys for William Nylander, I'm sorry, no, but. He also Philip Forsberg. He's got one more year after this one. Like Nylander is, and, Nylander, and we got like, this and, year. We got this year to win. Exactly. Um, I'm in, like, would you, I'm not giving up that much. I got two more names. Not, not for Forsberg straight up. That that makes no no, sense. no 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 no. But you are talking about one of the big guys. Um, yes. Oh boy, I really don't want to get love, rid of Robertson. No, you're not training Robertson. I really like Amirov. But I think I'd consider it. But then again, would we just be repeating the like history is a vicious cycle? Would we just be repeating the ear at for Forsberg trade? Is that like, would you then be doing a different version of that? I know Forsberg isn't going to crater like ear at, but then are you thinking, you know, a guy who has a little term left, he's a veteran guy and whatever, but you give up this dynamic prospect, he turns into a guy like that. You know, I, I don't know. I'm worried. It's a very tricky because then how do you even afford him next year? With all the yeah. issues you have. Yeah, Forsberg six is mil a next year. beautiful, gorgeous name. I just don't understand how it gets too. done. Yeah. All right, I got two more that are relatively interesting, actually. Okay. So another one that's apparently, it's it's on um, it's on Craig Custance and Eric DeHashik's trade board. So these are guys who could potentially be dealt. And this one has ties to Leafs of the past. Ricard Raquel. Yes. Uh, that uh, That made me sad when I saw that because it reminded me that was a thing. I know. One more year at 3.789. He kind of looks pretty attractive from a... Like, he, like I, I would debate that. I think he could, like, maybe as, as a third-line center. Like, imagine having, you know, your, your three, your four centers, essentially, are Matthews, Tavares, Raquel, and then one of Thornton or Spezza. Like, that's it's pretty gosh darn good. And he's still having such a good season, too. He's got 19 points in 27 games. That's not terrible. Who's the Leafs' best center prospect? They don't have a lot, man. Yeah. Like, Adam Brooks? Like... This is... Yeah, right? Like, it's... it's like, I, I suppose he's in the deal, because he's... I mean, he's in the deal, but he's not doing a whole lot for the future of the Anaheim Ducks. He's just a... He's a body that you get into the lineup because you just sent out like a pretty important player on your team you got to give him at least a first it's probably someone they drafted this year like from this past draft from this past draft because they had a really good draft this year and i think it's well let me see you know who we're forgetting as a pretty decent chip uh is uh who who, who's in the hobie baker conversation is that vd mietnan yeah vd mietnan there's also nick abrizizi who's been in that conversation as well yep like it's I I think you gotta you gotta include someone and it's gonna hurt. Like you you I don't know, man. You gotta you gotta pony up. Like uh how about pony up Rony? Rony Hervinen. Yeah. He was fantastic at the World Juniors this year. I think you 
be going to that. There's look, it's tough, man. Like I, especially like for a guy like Amirov too, like it's difficult because I think he's looked so good as a young, like, you know, the KHL doesn't cater to young guys Mm -hmm. and he's managed to produce this year. Like their best. I don't know. I think what we're coming back to is the, the guy who is good, but also affordable is Michael Granlin. Philip Hollander. We forgot about too. Remember they got, who is apparently very good. So see, I could see them being like, I've, He's not even really our guy. Exactly, right? Like, I think there's a bit and he's, of a... he's a guy I could see the Sabres wanting because they're like, us. Oh, no assembly required. Yeah, like, according to Scott Wheeler's draft rankings that I have in front of me, like, for the Leafs, like, their prospect pool rankings, like, they're the, their best center prospect is Nick Abrazizi, who's 21, he's at Harvard, and he's not going to, you know, even be available to an NHL team for another year or two. And then they have Ro- Roni Hervinen, who's great. But then, and then you move on, you got Philip Hollander or Mikhail Abramov. Oh, boy. And, and I don't want to give up Abramov. He's looked fucking great, man. Like, it's tough. Oh, so I was like, oh, man, he's only got one point this year. I was looking at the wrong Hollander on HockeyDB. <laughs> uh, so what What happened? Oh, wait a sec. That's a man in his 40s. So Philip Hollander this year in 46 games in Lulia uh, in the Swedish League. Mm-hmm. 12 goals, 10 assists, 22 points. I mean, it's weird because Scott loves this guy. Yes, he does. And numerically, I don't see it. Statistically, I don't see it. But, uh, I mean, Scott obviously watches him a lot more than I do. Knows more than we do. everyone does. He's only one goal back of the team lead uh, in Mm. goals. Um, He's a trade trip. So I I guess what we're discovering the farther we go into this conversation is the Leafs actually have more to give than than just those four. They do. They do, yeah. I mean, it's just... But then again, like, the cupboards... Like, they just restocked the cupboards in this past draft. Like, they just did. Are you going to... Dude, okay. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'll say it. If the Leafs don't make at least the third round this year, it's a failure. Absolutely. Look at them. Look at them. They're clearly the best team in the country. You should steam... You should steam Roy Way to the third third round. Like, it, it should be... It should be there for the taking for you. Yeah. And this is why, okay, are you going to make seismic changes to your roster then? Or no. are you getting complimentary guys? But this is the year to go for it. So, but, so once again, though, the conversation comes back to guys like Stahl, Eric Stahl, mm-hmm. guys like Michael Granlund, like yeah. Philip Forsberg, for God's sake, and Ricard Ooh. Raquel, for God's sake. And I have one more interesting one here. Sure. Before we'll, I'll let you rant. Ryan Murray, Devils. He's 27. He's got one more year left at 4.6 mil. You could make the money work. He's a good defenseman who is playing on a bad team who has completely misused him. They're scratching him. I, I like that. Ooh, and that's, well, it's certainly a cheap option. He, I can't imagine he's got a terrible amount of value. He got traded at the peak of his value. He's been, he's very good. Like his underlying numbers are very good. And he was, re, he's, you know, part of that very good, you know, Columbus defense. He got traded for like two second round picks or something, or a second round pick, like like not a lot, even at the peak is value. And now it is cratered because Lindy Ruff is, you know, old hockey manning him. And 4.6 million, he's a pending UFA, so you're not kind of tied to him if he doesn't work out. But I don't think it would cost that much. And if you get half retained, maybe chip in a second or something to make that, that you know, that favor work. I really like that. He's a pending UFA this summer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should maybe look into that. But yeah. That's now. Now you're more into like body territory. 
I don't know. I think he would really help the like. I think he would be a, a really nice asset. So who does he that. replace? Bogo? Maybe or maybe like. But I really like Bogo. But like maybe maybe even Dermot. But then, hmm. Like I think he would. I think he would perform like a third pairing of Ryan Murray and, and Zach Bogosian. Sounds really good. Is to Ryan me. Murray left or right? He's left. Oh, I thought he was right. Oh, hmm, boy. See, you know, we're talking about Dermot getting claimed. Like, I wonder if they move on. I wonder if they move on before the trade deadline. Has he shown anything to like, I look, I love he's the best guy to talk to. Like, he's a great guy. He works really hard. He's doing well in the role they've given him. But like, especially last year, he had a golden, shining, glistening opportunity multiple times when both Muzzin and when Riley went down to show that he can be a top four caliber defenseman or at least give them noticeable numbers. And that that experiment could not have gone worse. Boy, a left side of uh, Riley Muzzin Murray. That sounds good to me. And that's a win now move. And I mean, I I just the Canucks, when they went to the cup final in 2011, needed 13 Mm -hmm. defensemen. Exactly. And I just try to think of what if that was the least. <laughs> but you have a lot like, OK, obviously not 13 defensive, but you have a lot of bodies like you have. Are they good? As much as we, I hate. Well, you have Lettinen, who is apparently the best defenseman outside of the NHL. And I think you got to give him some time to acclimate. And they just can't do that. Why are we talking about him as a trade chip? Because he was highly sought after. And it's obviously not really a thing here. I think I think it's better. I think from a relationship standpoint, it's better to keep him, keep the facade of we're helping you acclimate all that, whatever, than like beat out all these teams, promise him a spot and then go then give him like eight games or whatever they've given him at like eight minutes a game and go, ah, fuck it and just trade him. I think it's better to mend that relationship by keeping him in the building and under the guise of we're just going to try and help you acclimate like this, that, whatever you matter to us than it is to just essentially cut bait on him. I think that I think because the Leafs like they've had one of these European free agents that they apparently have an entire scouting department dedicated to that has worked out and it's been Ilya Mikheyev and he's played less than a full season's worth of games. They've tried this so many times with even if we want to go back to the Petri Conchiolas, but like the <laughs> you know I know right but um, uh, the Par Lindholms the Igor Ojiganovs Nikita Zaitsev have worked for one year and then almost crippled them from a cap perspective you know all these different guys like it, it uh- was it's fine. tough. Sasha was fine. Yeah, but it, it ended poorly for a lot of these guys. They and then they traded Lindholm like mid season. Like it's I think deal. these guys come to the Leafs because a they, they they it's not that they make a ton more money than they would be offered, but it's like you'll have an opportunity to play and our facilities are here and we care about you. And I think it'll be I think it's very important to maintain those relationships right now. I think the 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 value of what you maybe get back from for Lettinen is not as high as what it as the value of maintaining your reputation as being a destination for these guys. Mm, uh, yeah, but are you trying to win a cup? That's true. Look, it all comes back to that. It all comes back to that. All right. And uh, our, we're going to hop into the Kovalev shift right now. All right, Steve, I've given you the floor. What uh, this is, ba- I've described it to you essentially as what, you know, what grinds my gears from Family Guy. Okay. What's, what's, what's tic- doing the opposite of tickling your fancy? 
What is doing the opposite of tickling my fingers? And it doesn't have to be hockey related. Literally anything. I tell you what. Um, what is what? What comes up a lot with the Toronto Maple Leafs, or at least uh, the unfair thing that I do is the multi-sport comparison, mm-hmm. the NBA comparison. And yeah. I was looking at last year's team, and I go, "What are they?" And they are the Philadelphia 76ers. They have these mm-hmm. really important pieces, these young pieces, and we keep thinking they're going to do the thing, and they never do. Now, the difference is they have actually won a round. But my problem with the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Maple Leafs is the idea of trusting the process. No yep. Leafs fan trusts the process. They trust their eyes and ears mm-hmm. and the results. And what is killing me about this first place team this team that is doing better than they have in a millennia is we are not going to be able to enjoy a single solitary second of it. Not today on March 11th that we are recording this. Not the beginning of the playoffs. May 8th, I believe, is the last day of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Not even after they win around. After they win around is when people are going to start trusting the process. But this fan is not. Uh, this fan base is not going to believe in this team. Until the cup's in their hands. Yeah. And it's just... Do you blame them for that? No, I don't blame uh, blame them for that. I don't blame myself for that. I resent mm. myself for that. And there's a difference. Yeah. I do not blame myself for what has happened to me <laughs> as a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I resent what the Toronto yes. Maple Leafs have done to me. They have been bad for so long that they have made it difficult to enjoy when they are good. And that I resent so much about this team. I wait. We talked about therapy. Irrational mm. fears. There are no yeah. irrational fears with the Toronto Maple Leafs. All of them irrational. It is always there that they are up top now. But what if they are not? That team could be up three games to none in the Stanley Cup Final with a three nothing lead and three minutes left, and my heart will be beating out of my frigging chest. Because if they blow this game, then they're going to blow the entire thing. Hundred percent. Being a Leafs fan has damaged me in in multiple sports. The Raptors, the Toronto Raptors, they failed to close Mm. out Game 5, Game 6 with all of its drama, and Danny freaking Green, with about 14 seconds left, gives the ball away. And when that ball left Steph Curry's hands for the final shot in that game, I'm like, okay, this is where they lose the championship. I know there's a whole other Game 7 that's going to be on our home court, and they're going to lose it. They're going to lose it right there. And it has nothing to do with the Toronto Raptors. It has everything to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is so difficult to enjoy myself as a fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs because of decades of baggage, Mikey. Decades of baggage. Yeah. Can I go off for a line change? No, your name's Mike Keenan. All right, I'll stay. Freddie yeah. Anderson is a reason yeah. to doubt. Justin Hall, well, you look an awful lot like last year's Justin Hall over the last three games. How about you freak off with all of that? Austin Matthews, what if his wrist explodes? William Nylander, what if he gets traded and then goes on to perennially score 40 goals? What if the Tavares contract is too much what if the martyr contract we never get to fully enjoy the fruits of it because the cap is going to stay flat for four years like you just said mikey what if morgan riley no longer has it and then what if he goes somewhere later and gets it back what if zach hyman turns into the next guy and he asks for seven million dollars a year what if what if what if i am not going to be able to enjoy all of these what ifs being up in the air until 
There are no longer any what ifs. There is just what is. And that is the Stanley Cup being in John Tavares's hands as he mm-hmm. hands it to the creature living in Joe Thornton's beard, who then passes yes. it to Joe Thornton. I don't blame you for a single word that you just said. They're all correct. I know. Steve, I am 25 years old. The last time the Leafs won a playoff series, I was eight. Fuck. I was I, 16? Like, think about how, like, it, it, it transcends this comment. Like, think about how different the world was back then. Like, it's, it's 2004. It was the last, <laughs> last time the Leafs, like, we were still in Afghanistan and Iraq. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what was big in 2004. Like, Enron was still around. Usher. Oh. Yeah, Usher. I, I, you know what was big? That Robin Williams special that everyone in my high school knew front to back. Everyone. Let me tell you about golf. And, and the worst thing about that joke is it takes forever to tell. And everyone yeah. in my school told it to completion. Hell yeah. We were, I think, six years out from Usher signing Justin Bieber to bring it full circle. And those two haven't been mentioned in the same sentence in a decade. How about this? Um, we are very close to players being drafted who were never alive in a world where the Leafs have won a playoff series. There was, there's, there's a great, there's a TikTok trend where it's like, Hey man, how old, like what year are you born? And the guy goes 2000 and it's like 2000 and there's more. Oh yeah. It's a compound sentence. Mm-hmm. What? Like it's that, that's where we're at. That's absolutely insane. Well, on that note, I guess, thank you for, thank you for giving us a fantastic promo clip to use, uh, when we put out this, <laughs> this episode, but I don't remember um, anything be- I just said I know. before, before we leave, I just want to say, you know, let's, let's end on a positive note. What's been your favorite storyline this season so far? I think that's made your, your heart, you know, jump for joy. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, just the fact that there are games for God's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's been pretty good. Um, I don't know if this makes any sense, but it feels like people are getting along better. They are. Doesn't it seem that way? It's not toxic as much, at least. Uh, well, you know, you, that's the thing. You set a low bar and then you crawl over it. Um, well, at least it's not as much infighting, I would say. It's like there's been a lot of obviously the, the Canadian division has just heightened the rivalries. But I think like Leafs, like Leafs Nation, quote unquote, used to eat itself alive. And I think it's been less of that. Yeah, less of that. Um mm-hmm. Just there's a picture of Jason Spezza and John Tavares and Joe Thornton sitting next to each other on the bench as Leafs. Incredible. And it's I just wish the camera pan panned out one person more to add Wayne Simmons to that photo. And it's like it's like the Last Supper. Like it's like how it's unbelievable to me that all these guys are Leafs. Like so I guess I guess uh, the the dream maker aspect of it all. Yeah. Uh, has been real nice. Um, there's a great, there's a great, t- another TikTok trend because that's where where we live now these days. Is people are like POV. You go back in time to the pill. You go back in time to like I don't know, like eight fourteen ninety two or something. And give the and give the pilgrims McDonald's Sprite and see how they react or whatever. <laughs> it's <laughs> like <laughs> they'd be going to war over Sprite. Exactly. Like, think about what it would be like to travel back in time and show 16 year old or however, like whatever age you were when those guys were at their peak, because they're all kind of at their peak at at roughly the same time. Like, let's say 2010, they were all kind of popping Mm -hmm. what it would be like to show 
your former self that picture. Just be like, no context, just this picture is real. Mm-hmm. And they're all contributors for this team. Yep. And you just go like, holy shit. Like, that doesn't, that's insane. Oh, and by the way, they're not even like, I would say they don't even crack the top. None of them, even Tavares, cracks maybe the top three of best players on the team. Right, right. Yeah, that's... Remarkable. That's banana sandwich. Um, Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. All right, man, you've made it through all the wings. You got this camera, this camera, this camera. Tell the people what you're working on. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Sportsnet. I'm working on Sportsnet. Um, yeah. Still... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on the YouTube channel. We got Dang It's every week on Wednesdays. We got Hat Picks every week on Fridays, except for the sometimes where it's Saturdays. Um, mm-hmm. We got uh, the, 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 the friggin' Blue and White Therapy, which is every oh, yeah. Monday. We got the Steve Dangle Podcast, which is Monday nights and Thursday nights. We got my channel, which is after every single Leaf game. And we got sdpn.ca, which is the website of the podcast where you can Buy go merch, baby. and get some merch. You can, would you like pants with Dangle right next to my dangle? Your pocket? You can get those now. Hell yeah. Yeah. So do that. <laughs> All right. And on that note, you can follow the podcast. On Twitter at StaffGraph, me at MikeyStevens81, Rachel at Rachel Thor. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, literally any podcatcher under under the whole sun. Uh, buy our merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com slash Shop, And uh, write us a review. Just it'll make us happy. And on that note, Steve, you want to leave the people with any last word? Hey, you. Yeah, you. Order that pizza. I know you were thinking yeah. about it. Do it. Perfect. Well, we will see you on Monday.